Hello, welcome to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells. Today in the studio, I have Shay Wells. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And we have Steve Reinhardt. I know. Hi, Shay. Great Hi, to be with you guys. I was laughing because I was like, we're not really in a studio anymore, but that's okay. <laughs> but <laughs> you're in the you're in the lower uh abiding life studio today. Yes, yes, we are. This beautiful live from the basement. Light. Live from the basement. What a what a great spot to be, especially for like a couple of weirdos, you know. It's like <laughs> yes. keep the weirdos, keep the weirdos in the basement. Yeah. So that's where so we're today. Ball. So today's, uh, um, I'm a little bit worried about the time because we got like important stuff to do. Noah's got an important meeting to go to. So, uh, and today's um, in April 2021. And uh, and Noah, we get to hear the uh, from you today about how you came to Christ. Is that right? That is correct. I'm, I'm going to finally do it. I was dragging my feet for a while. Shay was bugging me a lot to um to do it she goes if it was anybody else you'd have us do it already and she goes and you're just dragging your feet so i'm gonna do it now all right so just to, like this i'm sure shay and i can ask questions right yes you guys can ask any questions call so, so my, my my first question would be like well how come you're dragging your feet to talk about your experience with christ i don't know i guess i i was thinking about that and i was thinking that there's so much and I don't know how much to actually share. And then I don't, and a lot of it's so personable with me and the Lord, but I know how important it is to share it all. So I'm just going to get into it and we'll see, there might have to be a part two, but okay, because the way I look at testimonies is really, it's me accepting Christ and then walking with him in life. And that is my testimony to like to this point right now and what I've learned. So I'm going to try to get through that. But with the time, we'll see. All right. So I'll just dive right into it. If you guys have any questions, let's do that. And if we need to do a part two, we'll do a part two. Sounds good. All right. So as a young boy, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't really remember ages that well. I don't remember that well of my um past my childhood and that will come out more down in the testimony but i'll i'll say sort of ages but i don't really know because i don't have that good of memories of my childhood but we'll go for that so i would say around seven or eight i were were in school i was in school and they found out that i was dyslexic i believe i was in third grade um back then they really didn't know what to do with dyslexias i don't know if they even know what to do now with them um but so i couldn't i could hardly read anything second grade reading i wasn't moving forward so what they do what they did back then is they put you in special ed well in special ed you know you got you got um people with health problems you have um ADHD, you got um, Down syndrome, you got just a whole group of people, right? So you get put into a group and they never let you socialize with anybody else. You're always in this one classroom. So right away, you feel pretty um, different and you don't belong. 
So I, I kind of attached that pretty quick that there was something wrong with me. Uh, attached stupid, retarded, because these are all the things kids would say to me on the playground because they knew I was in this class. And so there must be something wrong with me. So that was my definitely my beginning journey of really despising myself. I know people don't like the word hate, but that's how I talk. So I hated myself. And that was my journey of hating myself. And so that went on for a while. And in the middle of that, that's when I really started having demonic stuff happen around me. Um, I would hear a lot of things of kill myself. Uh, I would wake up in the middle of the night and see demons. Um, I remember one time I was in the bathroom and we had this like bunch of shells, like in a basket <laughs> on the toilet. And I was sitting there brushing my teeth and I saw it move. And I was like, well, that's, that can't be. And so I was looking at it again and I was like, so terrified. And then it moved, it shot at me and like the whole basket and everything shot at me. I just booked it. I was so terrified. <laughs> and, and that, that kind of stuff happened a lot in my life of weird stuff of Satan demons waking me up and then constantly, um, the voices of telling me to kill myself, you are worthless, God doesn't love you. And, you know, I mean, of course, you know, um, being raised by Mike and Betty, I knew who God was. I knew what he could do. But I also heard someone say that, you know, if you have Jesus in you, you can actually rebuke the Satan, you know, rebuke demons away from you. Mm -hmm. And so I said, man, I want that. I need that. So really, that's really the only reason I accepted Christ at the very beginning is because I was hoping that I could get rid of the demons. And so I'd like to say I was around nine or 10 when I finally accepted Christ. I was outside under our deck and it was pouring rain. And I remember just crying and, you know, I was so depressed and hating myself. And I asked Jesus to come into my life and, you know, just bawled my eyes out. And it was interesting what God told me when I accepted Christ, because I told him, I said, now I'm going to rebuke demons, you know, rebuke demons and Satan. I'm so excited now I can do this. And he goes, I'm not going to take them away fully, but I am going to show you why I have them in your life. And I thought, well, crap, the only reason I accepted you was to get rid of these things. So that's kind of like how our relationship started. And it might sound kind of crazy to people, but I really, since I couldn't read the Bible, I really went for the relationship part of it. I really dove into talking to him nonstop. Cause I really felt like I had no one else to talk to about what I was actually feeling inside. I didn't want to scare my parents and say, I didn't want to talk about suicide to my parents. I, I kept it all in. And so I really just struggled with God and what God showed me in those later, in those earlier years of my life was I always had this picture of, I was walking in the dark and 
I was like linked arms with Jesus and he had a flashlight and we were going through this darkness together. And it was always such a beautiful thing for me because I always felt like I was in a fog. I mean, if anyone else is out there that has had demonic things or you always feel like you're in a fog and it's, it's, it's a very strange feeling. You feel like you can't see, I don't know how else to describe it, but it's a, a big weight on your spirit. And so I would go through times with Jesus that it was very interesting to me because he would, he would warn me about struggles. He would tell me, okay, Noah, I'm going to give you a whole week of struggles or you're about to step into struggles. And so I would go into that. This was at a young age. Um, I would dive right into struggling with something really bad where I'd be thinking about suicide or um, self-hatred or whatever it was I was dealing with at that time. And then he'd give me like three or four days of break. And the break was amazing. I mean, the demons were gone, everything. Like I could see again, the fog was gone. You know, the heaviness on my spirit was gone. I could actually just sit there and enjoy. And then he would do it again. And that happened a lot in my life and still happens. But I would actually, you know, later down, I would actually, if he, I'd get like a four day break or five day break. And as soon as I felt pretty, I know I shouldn't use this word strong in the Christian world, but I'd feel strong enough to go back into it. And I would ask God, okay, I'm ready for the next hit. Mm-hmm. And he would answer. And that's the thing, like, since I didn't know the Bible at the very beginning, and that's kind of explains it too. at the very beginning too, I would ask God, I said, hey, since I don't know the Bible, will you teach me? Teach me what's in there. Teach me about you. And so that's what I got into. I just, and he did. He answered, he answered that prayer. Mm-hmm. Did, did he answer it the way I would want? Probably not, but I did learn a lot. Okay, so moving a little bit forward, I was, I would guess nine, I would guess 11 or 12, I was sexually assaulted by um by a close friend uh, it was my brother's friend i uh trusted him of course a lot um you know he uh he held me down and did it i didn't scream or anything like that i mean you know you look back at it now and you're like why didn't you scream and it's like well because it was a scary time of course why would you you're just freaked out what's even happening but so that happened and I remember, I remember feeling the guilt and the shame at that time and almost felt like maybe I deserved it because there's something wrong with me. And so then I, I remember what he said to me too. He said, don't tell anybody about this or people are going to think you're a faggot. Mm. And I thought, well, crap, I don't want that. I don't want people to think I'm a faggot. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it away. And so this is where, this is what I did. I I asked God to take it from me. I told him to take that 
I told him to take the memory away. And I asked him to give it back to me when I think I, I, when I could handle it better. And he did, he answered that prayer. I mean, he, he did take it away completely. I had no memory of that ever. And so, you know, I didn't have memory of that for until from when it, 12 when it happened till 22 when he let me remember it. But I don't want to go too far ahead right now. Age of 14, I was still um, still doing very bad about the suicide. At that point, I was probably pretty pretty tired, I would say, of the back and forth. Like, you know, people always say, well, God only gives you so much that you can handle, right? And I finally, I kind of called BS on that because I said, I can't handle this anymore. I'm, <laughs> I can't do this. I, I'm so exhausted of the enemy's attacks on me the thoughts of myself, you know, I'm avoiding mirrors. I despise myself so much. I just am tired of it. I'm not going to do it anymore. And so I decided I'd wait till everyone goes to sleep and I'm going to end my life. And I'm going to end my life. Cause that's, that's what was, uh, that was important to me because I was done. I was, to be in that frame of mind, you don't think about people waking up and finding you. You don't think about what that will do to your parents, your your brothers and sister. You know, you don't think about that stuff. That is gone. You're only thinking about, let's get this done. And you're actually kind of excited about it because it's actually going to happen. And you don't have to deal with this anymore. It's hard to live. I don't want to live like this anymore. So... I, uh, I had a gun, you know, being in America, most people have guns and you learn how to shoot at a young age and you take all those classes. And so I, so I went and got my rifle and loaded it. It was, it was just a 22, but I knew that I would get the job done if I pointed it right. And so I, I sat on the couch and I said some choice words to God you know, called him some names. And I just said, I'm done, man. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to be your puppet no anymore. I am done. And so I loaded the gun, cocked it, and I put the gun in my mouth and I pulled the trigger. And <laughs> the amazing thing, what God did was it just clicked It misfired. And God spoke to me right then and said, it's not your time. Very loud. It's, usually he talked to me pretty quietly. And this is the first time he actually was pretty loud. And he said, it's not your time. And I just dropped and I just bawled my eyes out. And, you know, a, a lot of feelings came over me of love and just how much he can control things. And... I realized he did really love me and, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe he was just trying to show me that's what it was. I don't know. But the next day I remember feeling pretty grateful that uh, he had stopped that. But at the same time, I kind of felt trapped. Um, 
Cause then I almost felt like, okay, he, I can't kill myself. (laughs) So he can stop a gun from going off. So what is my choice now? I have to just deal with this now. So I tried to dive more into him and, and, you know, still getting the demonic attacks, which weren't great. And so then I went to cutting myself because I thought, well, at least I can cut myself. I can control that. I don't think he'll stop the blade (laughs) from going into me. So I got really into cutting myself, wearing long sleeve shirts, hiding that from um, by then, my dad was traveling a lot, so really all I had to do is hide it from mom. So, And I was riding motorcycles a lot, so anytime they did see it, I remember my, I think my dad saw a scratch on my, you know, a bad cut on my arm, and I said, oh, I was going through some trees when I was riding motorcycles, and that was cut. I'm sure he didn't believe that at all, but he let it go. And... Then when that wasn't good enough, then I started burning myself. Okay. 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 So then I started burning myself and um, that I know it's going to sound really weird, but it might not sound weird to other people that have done that and hurt themselves that way. But that release that um, the feeling of, burning yourself of very painful. Okay. I'm going to say it is very painful, but to take that focus off of what was going on around me and Mm -hmm. focus on that burn, even though it sometimes only lasts like 30 seconds, it was so worth it. Mm -hmm. It was so worth it to me at that point to be able to burn myself and think about that and actually get a little bit of freedom. And so I did that for a long time. Um, constantly burning myself, you know, I had to be careful because then, you know, it'd start bleeding through my shirts and stuff like that. So I, you know, the, the, the things you do to hide (laughs) destruction in your life is so exhausting. Like when I look back of all the things I would do to try to hide so people wouldn't find out how much I hated myself. And so it was really interesting because when I had turned 19, I remember I burnt myself one more time at 19 and God spoke to me and said, we're done with this. And I said, really, we're, we're done with, <laughs> you know, we, I was like, I'm, I, I'm actually kind of excited because it actually hurts really bad. <laughs> so I'm actually pretty happy. I don't want to beat myself up over, you know, when I, and I, I would beat my, you know, I'd go home and cut myself if I, spelled something wrong. And of course I'm going to spell something wrong. I'm dyslexic. It's who I am. That's So in high school, you know, you, you mess something up. I'd go, you know, and I'd be so excited. I'd want to go home and cut myself because I need to punish myself. Mm-hmm. So go home, cut yourself. Okay. Now you've been punished. Now I can move on through the day. So with the whole burning, it was so, it was nice that God let it run its course because letting it run its course, which some people might say, well, I wish he would have stopped it earlier. I'm glad he didn't because it really took the time of showing me that's not the answer. Mm -hmm. And I really never have to go back to it. I've never gone back to cutting myself, which is pretty awesome because I, that was my go-to of 
everything. Any problem I had, cutting, burning. All right, so then 19, graduate. So when I graduate, I'm still in um, second grade reading. Teachers are telling me, let's just graduate him so we can get him out so he can be a construction worker. I was told all my life, that's all you'll ever be. You'll never make anything else. Just be a construction worker and be happy with that. So I said, well, okay. I, you know, at least I'll have a job. So, you know, and hey, I don't have to read if I'm a construction worker. So let's do that. Um, you know, the school system is the school system. I'm, Shay's always trying to tell me that schools aren't that bad. It's very hard for me to believe that because I had such a... They failed you. That, yes, they failed me. I had a very struggled time. I mean, my 11th grade year, the whole year I spent talking to this kid that doesn't like men. And so he refused to talk to men. So they had me play tic-tac-toe with him every day, my whole 11th year, to try to get him to talk to me. And just for everyone who's listening, yes, he finally talked to me. <laughs> close to the end of the year. It was brutal, but he finally talked to me. And the cool thing is I saw him like a year ago and he remembered me. And I thought it was surprising because I just have long hair and, you know, people don't recognize me that much. So it was really cool. He came up to me and goes, Noah, <laughs> you know, so that was really cool. So did he participate in tic-tac-toe or would he just sit there? He would. So I would do the X and then he would go to like, he was going to go put the O and then he'd go. <laughs> and then he'd step back like that every time. So it was very rare all day, all day long. Yes. All day long. <laughs> so as you can see, they didn't really, they didn't know what to do with me. I mean, they had no idea what to do with dyslexic. So my final in high school was to go paint the dugouts. So painted them, they graduated me. So it is what it is. So it's another learning lesson. So then I kept going. So then I decided, hey, I'm going to go to Bible school because, hey, I don't know anything about the Bible. 19 years old, don't know anything about the Bible. Why not? Why not go to Bible school and they can teach me about the Bible? I mean, I thought that was a genius idea. So I go there and the first day they send me, they give me a test on how much I know about the Bible. Well, that's why I'm here. What are you talking about? What? I don't know anything about them. So I, I wrote, and of course it was spelt wrong. I wrote on there. I don't know anything about the Bible. That's why I'm here. I got in trouble for that. I had to go to the principal, get reamed for that. They let me stay because, you know, I'm Mike Wells' son. So they let me stay. So I ended up staying and I mean, I think the most thing I learned at a Bible school was how to judge people and how to not, I guess, not be okay with other Christians. That makes sense, which I didn't really like. So I didn't really have a great time there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let's just say that. I didn't really enjoy it that much. Um, I enjoyed the people there. I mean, I remember one time I had a conversation with this group and they're like, 
wait a minute, you can't read the Bible? How do you have a relationship with Jesus? And I said, uh, I, I take a walk. I talk to him. And they were like, no, no, you can't. You got you to gotta read your Bible. And it's like, okay, I guess my God is tiny now. I don't. So that's the kind of thing that kind of threw me off a little bit. But anyways, I don't want to get all into that. If you want to go to Bible school, go to Bible school. It just wasn't for me. So then I went to, uh, when I was in Bible school, I uh, remember God waking me up and saying, you need to go to Australia. And I was like, why would I need to go to Australia? I don't, what does that even mean? So I called my mom and said, hey, it was weird. God woke me up and said, um, I need to go to Australia. And she goes, that is so weird. Uh, Stretch, this guy that used to go to my dad's um um, he, he met my dad in Australia conferences. He goes, he just bought a farm and he just emailed me and said, would Noah be willing to come out and help me on the farm? And I said, well, that's interesting. She goes, yeah, let me buy your ticket right now. So she went ahead and just bought my ticket. She goes, well, let's do it. And, and that's the great thing about old Betty is she will, like, if I say that God's telling me to do something, she's like, let's do it. Buy your ticket, go. So she bought my ticket right away and um, got done with Bible school and I worked for a little bit and I went off to, um, I went to Australia and to me working on the farm is, was probably one of the more amazing things in my life because you're not around people. Sometimes weeks, months would go by and you didn't really see each other because everyone had different uh, shifts and all that. And all you had was God and yourself. I mean, that's it. That's who you're talking to. And so I really, really got closer to God during that time. And I think that's probably one of the reasons God told me to go. Cause he probably wanted to have a, that relationship again with me of let's just talk all the time. And that's what I did. I talked to him all the time about every little thing. And it was a, yeah, it was a, a really good experience for me. I did, did Satan still there? Yes. He still bugged me a lot. He woke, uh, one time he woke me up. I was sound asleep and he blew, he blew in my ear. Gross. It was the weirdest thing ever, but it was like a loud blow. <laughs> and I shot up and I was so terrified and there was demons everywhere. And I was like, I started laughing. I said, you guys got me that time. That was brutal. That scared me so bad. And then, of course, I started rebuking, but I had a good laugh before I did it. But so then I come home and I, I, I come home and I start asking God. I said, all right, do you want me to go to um, what's that called? Um, seminary school. Like, do you want me to do that? Because I, I always knew God wanted me in ministry. I just didn't know what it looked like. So I said, all right, do you want me to go to seminary? And God said, you can go if you want, but that's not what I'm going to use you for. And I said, well, if that's not what you're going <laughs> to use me for, I am not, cho- I'm not going to choose that. So I started painting houses. So I started working, you know, I was like, well, I'll enjoy working then. So I started painting and I, uh, we were doing a, we were painting a basement and I was, 
I just, we had the windows open and there was breezes coming through and a breeze came through and that uh, smell hit me. And then I had that memory of being sexually abused. I guess God felt that was time for me to, <laughs> to deal with that. And yes, I want to add this. He did warn me like two weeks ahead of time. He said, I'm going to have you, I'm going to bring something to you that is going to wreck you for a while. And I said, well, okay, what else? You know, I can, I think we can do this. Um, so then I remembered that and it did, it wrecked me. I, I started dry heaving. I started puking on the job, um, having the flashes, the thoughts, everything, everything flowed right back in. So I remembered everything. <laughs> and that really, that really did it, gave, it it messed with me. I will definitely say that it. Okay, it definitely um, it it got to me. It the thing I I attached it to was homosexuality. Um, maybe that was the enemy whispering that, and I jumped on that. Um, maybe it was just the feeling I had. I don't know. I'm guessing any of you probably had a lot to do with it. Um, but, you know, I, I was talking to God and I said, you know, the, you're having me struggle with the one thing that I've heard all my life that people question if you're a Christian, if you are a homosexual. They say you're going to hell if you're a homosexual. And now you're having me struggle with it. And it's like, okay, this is going to get interesting. Um, so I, I struggled with that. I, and I don't know what the right word is. People tell me I shouldn't use the word struggle. I don't know what other word to use with that. Um, I don't know if there is another word, but I was tempted a lot in living the homosexual life. Um, I had opportunities to live the homosexual life, but it never happened, you know, and that's just, God must've thought I didn't need to go that far to learn that, um, what he was teaching me. But I definitely, I brought it into relationships. Uh, um, I wanted to be the normal person. I wanted to be, you know, yet again, I was used to hiding things. Like it's not hard for me to hide how I'm feeling, you know, I was used to that, of the suicide stuff. So yeah, I'll just hide this. And what it did to me was it actually destroyed me. It actually put me in a really dark place. And I really, I wanted to be normal. So yes, would I, would I date girls and sleep with them? Yes. Because to me, that's what normal men do. But I was doing it the reason I was doing it was trying to prove that I wasn't homosexual and I would come home crying because it didn't work. I still felt that way. I still felt like, no, this is, no, you are homosexual. This is what you are. And I was like, no, no, no. So then I find another girlfriend, you know, and do the same. And, you know, if any of the girlfriends are listening, I just have to apologize to all of them. I probably made them all crazy because I'm just, you know, you got to think I was just, <laughs> I was just losing my mind trying to navigate what this means and what this feeling is like, 
if I if I dare live the homosexual life, I will lose everything. I will lose. I, w- I thought in my head I would lose my family. Mm-hmm. My dad might lose the ministry. Mm-hmm. I would lose everything. Nobody would want to be around me. And then the worst part about it, would I lose God? And I think that mm-hmm. I think that is honestly what my biggest fear was. Mm-hmm. Is God ashamed of me now? And for so long, I just thought. I hid from God a lot. It's so funny to look back at it now because God is the one that allowed the memory to come back. He knew what I was going to attach it to. He knew my struggles were going to be with it, but then I hid from him. And so you go down the line a little bit. So I was 22. Um, I, I just, I don't know what age I was my, with my first wife. I got married to her. I was in the middle of it, immature, you know, still dealing with the homosexual stuff. I end up admitting to her what I struggle with. You know, I was by then I was pretty deep into homosexual porn. So I admitted to her about that. And, you know, it felt good to at least tell somebody. But then, then later we were we were being physical and she stopped in the middle and says, I can't believe I married a faggot. And I think for me, that was like the one thing, you know, the guy that did it to me said, don't tell anybody or they're going to think you're a faggot. Well, I finally told someone and they said exactly what he said they were going to do. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm right back to that. And so I really, I really backed off from her. I remember telling her I don't love her anymore. That destroyed her, I know. We separated. We divorced. Um, you know, I ran, basically. I didn't want to. I didn't know how I could trust her again, I guess. Whatever. It, it, it is what it is. It just, I, I don't blame her. I blame myself more than anything of all that relationship because I was in such a bad place in my life that I really shouldn't have been dating anybody. But anyways, so um, fast forward a little bit, then I'm, what age was I when I met you? 28 or 29. 28 or 29. I meet Shay and, you know, we hit it off. And the nice thing about Shay is a lot of people don't know this, but when we first met, we only text for a month or two months, never a phone call, never met. We only text each other. And what that did for me was, and probably for her mm-hmm. was we were actually brutally honest with each other. And she would tell me things. I would tell her things. And I told her about it, all the stuff, the homosexual stuff, everything, all my struggles, everything. And she didn't even bat an eye to it. She just said, well, thanks for telling me. You know, and that that's the thing that's always amazed me about Shay is I could tell her, <laughs> I can tell her anything. And she just, I mean, she is so perfect for me. I mean, God really hooked me up with her. So I ended up getting engaged with her. And then I went to Africa with my dad and Steve. And the homosexual thing was still just, I mean, just just think about like a nagging fly that's around you all the time. It's just like, 
it was just there. I guess, I guess you want to call it my focus. I don't know, but it, I felt like I tried to not make it my focus, but it was just always there. It's wake up. It's there. Go to sleep. It's there. It's just always there. And it really was hitting me harder too on that trip. And I remember going up to my dad and saying, Hey man, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't think, I think I've used up all my, in the name of Jesus, leave me <laughs> because I think Satan's just here all the time. I'm just constantly thinking about homosexual stuff. And he goes, you know, the, my dad, you know, he goes, uh, just a minute, please. <laughs> and we're right. We're in the middle of the jungle. We're stuck. Remember this, Steve, we're stuck in the middle of this jungle. Uh, the four wheel drive got stuck. Yeah. And he just goes walking off into the jungle. I was, well, that's interesting. And he's gone for a little bit and he comes back and he, so he went to go talk to God and he comes back and he goes, Oh, it's not Satan. And I said, well, what do you mean? It's not Satan." he goes, it's you. You finally have believed the lie. He doesn't have to, Satan doesn't have to be around you anymore. It's you. You're the one who's destroying yourself. And then that just, I was like, oh my goodness, I really do, really do hate myself if I'm going to just constantly bug myself about this. But yeah, I've, I probably finally bit onto the lie and I swallowed it. And so I had, and then, oh good. Your appointment is canceled for today. So you have time. Okay. All right. Canceled appointment. So we got some time. All right. So, yeah. So. I, uh, we're engaged then, you know, so I'm in Africa and then I finally decide in Africa that, okay, well, if it's just me, then I'm done. I'm not going to struggle with this anymore. I'm going to live the homosexual life. I've made the decision just like when I went to kill myself, I've made this decision. I am done. This decision is final. (laughs) I'm going to make it. I'm going to go home. I'm going to break it off with Shay. I won't torture her anymore with this nonsense. And I'll just see what the homosexual life looks like. Let's just try it out. Because, <laughs> man, it's just like, by then it was like 15 years of this. Like, just nonstop craziness. So, I get on the satellite phone and call Shay and tell her this, that I'm going to break it off. It's done. I told her my decision. I just said, I'm sick of it. I I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm so tired of dealing with it and I'm going to live the homosexual life. Well, Shay goes, how about you don't make a decision right now and let's, can we actually talk in person? I, she goes, I'm not going to take that as an answer. You know, and I know you deep down. Yeah, I know, I know you know deep that down. That's not really you. Yeah. So when you get home, we're going to actually talk about this. Yeah. So, I said, well, that didn't work. (laughs) So (laughs) I get off the phone and, you know, I'm like, no, we've made a decision. We're still going to go through with it. And I don't know, like a couple hours went by because we're at the village by then. A couple hours go by and my dad is like so excited. He comes up to me. No, no, you got to come over here. You got to check something out. I'm like, what, man? I'm thinking about, you know, I'm going to start living with men or something. I got to, I'm thinking about something else here. And he goes, no, no, you got to check this out. I, I, uh, God has been giving me little pieces in, of this time and eternity. And he finally gave me the last piece. 
can I go over it with you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? He did that a lot. Just go over stuff with us, go over with me. And then him and I would talk about it. And so he's like, let me just go over it with you and see if it makes sense to you. And he explained it to me that God can come in and out of time and stop things from happening. And he can to, and he allows things to happen that maybe aren't so great because that's the person he needs you to be when you die. And he's, he's sitting there talking to me about it. And I'm like, okay, keep talking here. And he goes, so, and he knew, I mean, he knew about all my stuff. I was very honest with him. So he goes, when, when the guy did that to you, you know, God could have come in and stopped that. He could have told your mom to come downstairs. There's something wrong. Come downstairs. Very easily could have stopped that, but he didn't. He allowed that to happen. And he allowed that to happen for you so you can learn all this stuff and be, a, you know, what he needs you to be at your, when you die. And I, when he said that, it was like a, I mean, I know it sounds dumb, but it's like a light bulb, right? It's, it's one of those spiritual light bulbs that go off in you. And it's like, oh, wow. Um, this whole time I thought God had turned his back on me and allowed that to happen to me. And he did that because he was punishing me. Um, he did that because he disliked me, but really he allowed that to happen because he loves me. And that, that is, uh, one of the, one of the things I'll never forget um, that feeling of love that God has for us, and he was in it. Mm -hmm. He was there with me. He was crying with me in it. He didn't turn his back. He allowed it to happen for my good. And for me, that all of a sudden just, I was like, okay. I'm not going to live the homosexual life. All right. I'm, it was like a complete 180, right? So I get on the phone with Shay and say, no, 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 no. The wedding's back on. The wedding's back. You know, she probably just thought I was a psychopath by then. Africa does weird things. I yeah, exactly. And I'm like, wedding is back on. We're good. And so I told her a little bit about it. She's like, all right, can we just just talk when we you when you get home all right we don't have to keep satellite phoning this and i said all right well i'm just letting you know wedding's back on so i get home and um we get married and i still was there a light bulb yes was it a, enough to marry her absolutely still struggled i was still struggling and it is still i guess my focus if you want to call it or I guess it's the way the Satan got to me every time and very easily a thing he would say to me and I would, I would run with it. And we struggled, Shay and I struggled in the marriage for seven or eight years. I would say like, um, it was kind of weird. One of the big triggers for me was when she was pregnant, I wasn't expecting to be triggered with you being pregnant. I don't know what that was about, but it really shot me down. And like when she would touch me, it would actually make me physically ill. And, 
you know, we weren't doing anything physical anymore. We not even kissing. Yeah. Not even kissing, holding hands. No, no physicalness. We really, um, it was a real struggle. Let's just say that it was, it was a thorn for sure in our marriage. And I was leading the charge and, you know, that went on for a while. And then in the middle of that, my dad passes away. And God also warned me about that a month ahead of time, I believe. He told me another thing was going to happen. And I was like, man, I'm still in the middle of this one. You want another thing to happen? Like, what, what am I doing here? So another, you know, and then my dad passed away in the middle of it. And we're still just, we're still just wrecks. Um, I remember days would go by where I'd be heading off to work and Shay would just say, I'll be praying for you. And that was really, that was our relationship. We were mm -hmm. definitely roommates for a, a long time. Um, but to fast forward a little bit on that, I, cause we learned a lot in that and I don't want to go too much into that. We can maybe do a marriage one on that, but I learned a lot in that and um, I realized, well, Shay actually brought it to my attention that she goes, you know, you're just struggling with the word, you know, she goes, you know, you hate words, right? And I said, yeah, I hate words. <laughs> and she goes, yeah. And you're struggling with just a word. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And she goes, you're struggling with a homosexual word. What is that? What is that even like, who cares? She goes, what if you are homosexual? Who cares? You're with me. And for some reason, that was the thing that really, and I mean, I'm sure God told her to tell me that because it yet again clicked with me. And all of a sudden I was like, yeah, what if I do say, okay, I'm a homosexual. Now what? And so I did that. I said, okay, I'm a homosexual. Now what? And all of a sudden this freeing feeling came over me and all this stuff, all this healing came over me. And it was like, yeah, you've been dealing with just some word that's not even true about you. Mm -hmm. Just spent time just, proving a lie. Yeah. Just spending time. Yeah. Trying to prove a lie. And once I said it, one, the enemy had no hold on me anymore. Cause anytime he came to me, he goes, you're homosexual. I'll go, yeah, you're right. Now what? It's like a bully, you know? Well, now what? What do you have now? Well, I got nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I got Shay. So, <laughs> so that really helped me get through it. And do would I say today, do I struggle with that? I would say there's times I do. I wouldn't say I'm perfectly... And I don't really want to be perfect. So would I say I'm perfectly healed from that? I would not. I still think of it in the morning or it pops into my head in the morning, but it is starting to fade more. But during all this, I wanted to add this and then you guys can ask questions or whatever. Um, I remember driving to work one day painting and I was blaming the guy that did all this stuff to me. And I was saying, I'm a bad father because of it. 
I'm a bad husband because of it. I'm addicted to porn because of it. Um, I hate myself because of it. You know, I struggle with homosexual stuff, you know, and I was just sitting there blaming this guy and God stopped me dead in my tracks and said, you chose all that. And man, that hit me like a ton of bricks of, he goes, I was, and he, this is what he said to me. I was right here and you could have chose me this whole time, but you chose all this other stuff to try to fill you. And he goes, I'm right here. Just choose me. And so yet again, another learning lesson in my life where I got to actually choose him and see what he did with it. And what he did was started working on healing, like actual healing, instead of just adding stuff in to try to get healed from it of the world or whatever, you know, I'm trying to grab of healing instead of just going straight to the source, the one who actually can heal us. And that's God. And once I actually chose him and, and not saying I didn't just choose him once I had to choose him daily, minute by minute, hour by hour. I had to choose him all the time. And I think that's what he wants. I think he wants us to choose him all the time. He wants to be the center of our lives, the center of our conversations with him. And the other thing I learned so much with him is I can come to him and tell him anything. I can ask him anything. I can, I can, I can call him anything and he's still there with me. He's still there teaching me things, loving me through it, loving me through my frustrations. And at this point in my life, I'm enjoying going into the hardness of life. I've been getting triggered more with like doctor's appointments and um, being absolutely terrified going into these doctor's appointments and knowing that I'm going to get triggered and allowing myself to feel these feelings, which I usually have never done. I usually walk away from it or hide it or share with my doctor that, hey, I've been sexually abused. Can you be, you know, can you be loving to me? And it is amazing. Yet again, it's just so amazing what it shows me of the power of bringing things into the light and bringing them outwards and not try to stick them in. Because I've done that a lot of my life is holding stuff in. And it. Uh, I'm letting everyone know it will not work. God doesn't want it to work. He wants you to bring it out. Is it terrifying? Oh, absolutely. Do you know if you're going to be triggered? No, you don't. But like yesterday, I'll just add this and then you guys can ask questions. Like yesterday, I went to the doctor. I told the doctor what was going on. I told her and I, when I went to tell her, I stopped myself because I felt shame. I felt guilt. I felt um, she doesn't care. Nobody needs to know that. But then she stopped and turned to me and said, no, I want you to tell me what you're about to say. And it kind of gave me a moment. I had tears in my eyes and I told her what was going on. And she goes, thank you so much for telling me. She put her hand on my shoulder. She goes, I'm here with you. We will take it slow. We'll take it, you know, and just really walked me through it, which was 
amazing. And then when I was laying there, when she was doing the physical thing on me was I was allowing myself to actually feel the emotions. And usually I wouldn't do that. Normally I would hide those emotions and turn them into anger because, Hey, I'm a man. It's okay to be angry. It's not okay to cry. You don't want to cry as a man, but instead I, I just shoved that all away and said, no, I'm going to sit here and feel these emotions. I bawled my eyes out. I sometimes were taking deep breaths, but it was so amazing what God did with that and probably did with the doctor. I mean, I think Steve told me later that day, like, can you imagine what that did for that doctor? She probably went home and said, wow, I actually got to connect Mm -hmm. with one of my patients. Like in a true, amazing way, we got to actually connect in a human way. So I think that allowing yourself to cry, allowing yourself to have emotions towards something that is painful in your life and not feeling guilty or shame from it is very freeing. I mean, I, all I can say is yesterday was such a beautiful experience for me. And the next time I go to the next doctor's appointment, who knows what's going to happen, but I want to, I want to dive into that. Mm-hmm. because just so everyone knows who's listening, I have a hard time with touch now. And if I take my unique self test, I'm a high feeler. So I should like touch, but I don't touch to me is pain. So we've had to work through that in our marriage and continue to do so. and continue to do so. I mean, it, it takes, it takes time mm-hmm. to realize that. So if a stranger's touching me, I feel dirty. I feel gross. There's something wrong with me. Maybe I deserve it. You know, all these other feelings come into me, but I'm really starting to try to step forward in the next chapter of, I guess, of healing. Because I thought for so long I was healed. And then I went to the doctor and all of a sudden I felt like the weight of a truck on my chest of being triggered. And I thought, man, I'm done for. And I told Steve this, and I told Shay this as well, that I felt like I had walked a hundred miles and that happened. And all of a sudden I shot back in a split second to zero. I was back to zero of, of now I'm back to the struggles. I'm back Mm -hmm. to the thoughts. I'm back to the shame. I'm back to the guilt, all this stuff. And what was so cool to me when I met with Steve was one, he said, well, if you can go backwards in a second, can't you go forwards in a second? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, I guess I could do that. And he goes, and how about instead of looking at it as you dropped back so far, what if you just said you tripped and you fell and you're still at the hundred miles mark and you're crawling right now? And I really liked when he said that because it made me think, yeah, you're right. I haven't I haven't shot all the way back. I'm actually still there at my hundred mark, but yeah, I'm crawling right now. And, and guess what? Jesus is next to me crawling with me, you know, and that's the, I see a lot of things in pictures. So I, I saw Jesus just crawling with me going, yeah, let's keep moving forward, man. Let's just keep going. And I think that's what helped me a lot too. It took me six days to get out of that depression funk. Um, But then this time yesterday, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't, I was almost expecting the same thing to happen, but the difference was I was honest. Mm -hmm. 
The other doctor, I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her that I was sexually uh, abused. I didn't say anything. I just went and did it. Mm-hmm. Ashamed and all that. Instead, I went for it and actually told her, brought it into the light. And God honored that and made something very, very beautiful out of that. Mm-hmm. So my testimony is just walking with Jesus, struggling with Jesus, going through pain with Jesus, but knowing that he is always there, knowing that I can't do anything that he'll leave me, like absolutely nothing. And he is always there, always teaching me things. Some things I don't like the way he teaches me, but I learn from it. It's when I come out of the other side, it's such a beautiful thing to look back of everything I've gone through and everything that he's walked me through is just such a beautiful thing for me. And that's my walk with Jesus so far. And I, I left some things out, but I mean, that's the gist of it. Oh man. Thank you, Noah, for sure. And all that. I don't, I'm sitting here kind of speechless. Um, but with a full heart, uh, thrilled, uh, you know, there's so many sad parts to your life in that story. And yet uh, so much beauty mm-hmm. uh, through mixed throughout it and uh, how, uh, and I really like what you just said and how you summed it up is that you can, you've, you have, you feel like proven it to me a thousand times that you can go through anything and Christ is with you. Mm-hmm. whether you turn to him or not he's still there he doesn't he never leaves us never mm-hmm. forsakes us never will and there's nothing we could do to make him turn his back or run away yeah. uh, so i i'm just so grateful uh profoundly grateful that you shared all those different moments of in your life of growing up and turning to christ and then uh, walking with him uh, through it all Mm. Uh, I'm just super, super grateful. I'm wondering if Shay, what, how, you know, how you're feeling, what your take on it is. Um, well, um, my only question that I had, but you kind of summed it up at the end was, you know, yeah, you've had a lot of emotional pain and life circumstances. I also know firsthand that you've also had a lot of physical pain mm. and a lot of food allergies and this throat disease that is really difficult to navigate. Mm-hmm. And you've had a lot of illnesses too, and allergies on top of not being able to heal illnesses because of allergies. And, you know, there's a lot of other physical things. And so, you know, a lot, a lot of people, look at you and go, Oh, well, God has never talked to me that way. And I've never heard him the way that you do. Mm. So would you, I know your response to a lot of people is, well, it took a lot of hard stuff, right? Like you went through all this physical pain, which made you press into God and Mm -hmm. emotional pain, which had you press into God. Yeah. Would you have preferred to skip all of the pain and have a different relationship with God or are you happy, I guess, with, because the pain has taught you so much? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's days that I wish I could have had it differently. 
of learning, but I, I can't even say that because I, if I could go back and change, you know, being sexually assaulted, I would say no, even though it was painful, it's taken, you know, 15 plus years of struggling with that, I would still say no, I would keep it just because I've learned so much. And I've, and really what I, the most I've learned about it is like we said, is he, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't, he doesn't walk away, even though in my head, I think he's turning his back on me, or I think he's leaving me when I sin, you know, no, he's not. I actually Mm -hmm. take him with me when I sin. Mm -hmm. And the things I've learned about that is like acknowledge him in the sin to see what he'll do with that. I don't think I would be able to learn it any other way. And honestly, I think it's, I've talked about this with other people is, you know, we all have different lives. We all have different stories and he knows exactly what we all need. Mm -hmm. He knows what, he knows exactly when I was born, what I needed to see him, to trust him. And that's what it's looked like for me. It might be an easier road for somebody else. And for people who say, well, I don't hear God like that, or that's hard for me too, because I think we all hear from God. It's just, do we really want to hear it? Do we really want to take that left that he's telling us to take? No, no, I want to take the right because I want to do it. And I think, and then we say, oh, we didn't hear God. Mm-hmm. or I don't hear from God. And I, it's hard for me to believe that because I think God talks to us all a lot. It's just, we don't take the time to actually listen. We don't take the time to have a relationship with them. We don't take the time to take a walk and just talk to them, talk to them about the problems. And that's the thing I think where a lot of us are ashamed or we feel guilt to go to him and say, well, you've already done so much for me. Mm-hmm. But now how am I going to go to you and complain? Or ask for more. Or go ask for more, yes. Mm -hmm. But he's such a huge God. I mean, he's he's talking to me. He's talking to you. He's talking to Steve. He's talking to people all the way in Australia. He's talking, I mean, right now, at the moment. Mm -hmm. He's loving on all of us right now. He's such a huge God. And so, for me, if you want to, like, really have that relationship, you got to put some time into it you got to ask him questions like even like i do dumb things like i go to the store and say what bread should i get you know it's like i like to keep i like to choose him in every part of my life and not just pick and choose when i think he should come into my life when i need something and yeah do i have pains a lot yes i'm in pain right now my knees and ankles hurt really bad right now but okay, I don't, I just, I just don't, I don't care because he is, he is so big. If he wanted, if he wanted me not to be in pain, he can take that away. Mm-hmm. If he wants this throat disease to go away, he'll take it away. But I'm learning something in all of this. I learned so much in pain. Main thing I mean, learn in pain is it makes me stop and it makes me go to him. And even if I'm crying out to him, I'm talking to him. The relationship's there. Even if I'm yelling at him, the relationship's there. You know, and I think that's the, that's the beautiful thing about God is he just wants us to talk to him. And 
it was funny a while ago. He, he, uh, he always gives me dreams sometimes. And this dream he gave me was I was in a car with Jesus and he, Jesus was just driving along, you know, and we're just chatting away. And I kept grabbing the steering wheel and yanking on it to take us somewhere else. And he would go like this and then he'd straighten it back up and keep going. Then I'd yank it again. And I woke up laughing because I said, man, that is exactly what I do with him. I always just try to yank that steering wheel and go my, the direction I want to go. And then he straightens it back out for us. And then we yank it again and then he straightens it back out for us. So I, I really enjoyed that he gave me that because it just shows me my relationship with him. And I'm guessing all of us do that. I don't think I'm alone on that. Some people might not like to admit that, but I think we all go to him. And yes, I mean, the pain, pain gets annoying. I'm sure if anyone who's listening, who gets, they get pain, but take advantage of that pain, lay down in your bed and talk to them. That's a perfect opportunity to start that relationship with them. I really like, I really like what you say, because one of the things about uh, pain is uh, when you have pain, it typically, uh, and like you described, Noah, it didn't go away just because you talked to him, the pain didn't yeah. go, you know, your ankles are still, we've been having this podcast and you've been talking about all these, uh, you know, fantastic, really beautiful things that you've gone through and, but mm -hmm. your ankles still hurt. Yeah. And so, and so it's, it's kind of like, well, if, if I'm going to have pain, I might as well have pain with Jesus yeah. uh, versus pain and by myself, you know, it's like, I can, I can, I, I can do that. And it doesn't necessarily make the pain better or lessen or go away, but it, but my focus is different and it's, uh, uh, so it's a different experience of the pain mm -hmm. where, where like you've shown us that it becomes something that's, you know, uh, helpful uh, instead of uh, something that I would have to run from. Yeah. More than negative on it. Yeah. And he, yes. and the nice thing about it, like he knows pain. <laughs> he yeah. Jesus yeah. knows what pain is. Yeah. So go to him, talk to him about it. Yeah. 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 You're not talking to some uncaring doctor. Yeah, uh, who's, exactly. Who's just trying to give you an aspirin. Yeah, uh, you know, he's, he gets it. He really does get it. So yeah, he does. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing your testimony with us today and your walk with the Lord, uh, you know, because it's one, it's one thing to, to like turn to the Lord, uh, which is beautiful and necessary, but uh, to turn to him over and over and over and over again, like you've described it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's super helpful for me to hear because sometimes we think, you know, well, like I've turned to the Lord uh and it's you know it's kind of like well i've gotten married yeah but then i don't uh, relationships do need to be nurtured and uh mm -hmm. and and you know we're, we're driving along in the same car together it would be nice to be able to chat even instead of not just grab the steering wheel yeah exactly yeah and it's nice to think that he is willing to go into the darkness with you right you know, on. he's not afraid of the dark you know so hey Go hand in hand with him in that mm. and see what he'll do with it. Yeah. And I think that's the cool part is when you can actually do that and allow him to come into it in your sin and say, Hey, Jesus, I'm about to go sin. 
I'm acknowledging you're with me. Come with me and do something with this. And I think that's, you know, and that's scary for people. People will say, you know, you shouldn't do that. But yeah, and a sin. And also, like you mentioned, um, or sometimes I think actually, I think our emotions are a whole lot more scary to us than our sins. Yeah. Uh, that we're afraid to actually feel guilt or feel shame or feel embarrassment or uh, anger. Yeah. Uh, and, and so to invite him into when we're having those feelings too, he's like, Oh, I, you know, I, I'm feeling ashamed with this doctor, you know, I'm going to invite you to go and go be with me. Let's, let's go to, to this appointment together. I think yeah. that's helpful for me to think about that. Yeah. I can, I can do that. You know, when I, when I go get chemo on Friday, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to follow your lead again, once like again. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause it, it's always, um, there's always a lot of big question marks about going to see mm -hmm. doctors for your health. So, yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing your life with us. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me share it. And we're probably running far over on time, but you guys have anything else to add or should we, we're done with this one. I've, I really appreciate you sharing with us. And I think it's super helpful to just hear your story and what you've walked through. And uh, I'm, you know, like I said, profoundly grateful uh, that you've shared your heart and life with me and with us, with the podcast listeners. Yeah. And I'll end it with this, like, no matter where you are in life right now, you can start the relationship right now. No matter what you've done or choices you've made, doesn't matter. You can start it right now. He is waiting for you. He wants that relationship so bad. So just start it up. How would, how, would I, how would I do that? You know, just thinking outside what, what somebody might hear when they hear that. Well, how am I going to do that? You know, like I'm up to my eyeballs and does crap. Yeah, the thing I like to do when I'm right in the middle of crap is I say, hey, Jesus, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Just as simple as that. I don't I don't want I don't try to sugarcoat anything or try to talk real spiritual. I just like talk to him like I would talk to a friend. Hey, how's it going? Mm, nice. And then just go from there and then just start talking to him about your stuff. I mean, uh, like I said, I've talked to him about why do I find men attractive, you know, and guess what? He'll show you or he'll tell you, you can, you can ask him absolutely anything and he is not afraid of it. That is the beauty thing of having a living God and definitely having him live in us. That's the cool part. And so, yeah, I mean, just the simpleness of just saying, you know, Hey Jesus, how's it going? Nice. Or, hey, Jesus, if that's all you can do. Or, I hey, like Jesus, it. I hate this day. Well, amen. <laughs> you know, he gets it. He's there with you. He sees your pain. He sees your struggle. So acknowledge him and see what he'll do with that. So, I like yeah. I like to simplify anything I can, so. If Jesus is willing to talk to someone who can't read his word, <laughs> I think you're okay. I think, I think anybody can go and talk to him. Sounds wonderful and kind of scary too. 
Yeah, it it is terrifying. Definitely, if you haven't done it in a long time, that's why it's sometimes you only get a couple words out, which is fine. He he's he's tickled pink if you just get something out. He just wants relationships so bad with us. All right, love you guys. Love you to the listeners, and we'll do another one very soon. I bet. All right, bye. Thank you.